Greta Thunberg, Gen X Parents, and Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. This is not your mama's podcast. It's the Chico DeManuel Show. Let's get it. Western Journal. South Park takes direct shot at identity politics and leftists are already fuming. Now, uh, South Park is something I've been watching my whole life. I've been watching South Park since I was a fucking, since like, since it was on the secret stash on Saturday nights at 1am on Comedy Central. When Bigger, Longer, and Uncut was on VHS. Like when that shit, when you had to have cable to even get access to Comedy Central to watch South Park. And uh, it's wildly hilarious. It's satirical. And it always manages to stay relevant. I believe, uh, I think I'm going to get the dude's last names mixed up. But it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I think that's the guys that make South Park. Like, uh, they've, uh, they've been able to use this cartoon to really and with impunity highlight some of the fucking cultural foibles of society in a way that's like hilarious but true like it's the the hilarity comes from the truth so let's take a look at this article here hmm. da, da, da. you see here we got Kyle Broflowski and I'm assuming this is Cartman because I've read ahead on this article, so let's read it. Adult cartoon South Park is perhaps best known for two things. An intentionally crude animation style meant to mimic paper cutouts or an irreverent attitude that aims to skewer ideas and people across all the ideological spectrum from former President Donald Trump and immigration policies to Harry and Meghan and transgenderism. The show, which first aired in 1997 has been running strong for some time now and has made it clear we'll continue on taking a gleeful hatchet to all of society's most divisive topics and the show's latest teaser makes it clear that that will continue in a new trailer for a south park exclusive event more on this terminology later slated to air october 27th 
The show makes it clear what it will be lampooning this go around. Identity politics and race or gender swaps in established fictitious characters. There you go. You can watch the official teaser for the Paramount exclusive event below. Warning. The following video contains content the viewer may find offensive. And um, we're going to finish reading the article, but of course, we're going to we're gonna fucking click. Do you see this right here? This thing where this underline keeps popping up? That's my cursor going ham on this shit because I want to click it that bad. We're going to fucking click it and watch it. It's going to be my gift to you since I don't have any dabs. Um, in the Oops. In the clip, the core cast of characters, all of whom are young white boys, have all been recast as various women of color with the exception of Kyle. See this this video right here is not relevant. It says twenty top twenty dumbest things South Park parents have done, courtesy of Daily Motion. And we don't want any of that shit. We we actually want this to stop. Can we can we stop it? No. Okay. Anywho. The joke, presumably, is that Kyle, a Jewish character, already fulfills the minority requirement. The rest of the show's main characters, however, were drastically changed. Cartman became a black woman, Stan became a Hispanic woman, Butters became a black woman, and Kenny became an Asian woman to round out the dramatic changes. When Kyle complained about these recasts not making any sense, the show's PC principal character told him that he was the problem. An off-sided retort to many complaints about race or gender swaps in established fiction. The, tra- uh, the trailer was largely met with enthusiasm from fans based on the YouTube responses, but others were less than enamored with this latest teaser from South Park. I like it when it's all fucked up when I'm trying to do that too. I, I, I like it. I don't want it to be right. One example of what comes from... The f- no, okay. See, that was a bit much. <laughs> One example that comes from the far left-leaning AV club, which ripped the trailer right out of the gate with their article title, there's a new South Park event teaser, and God, we're already so tired. Yeah, uh, speak for yourself, punk ass. The content of the article matched the tenor of the title, and a swift glance at the comments on that article show a number of people upset with South Park latest parody. But whatever drama the show's latest teaser may have triggered pales in comparison to the drama behind the scenes of the long-running adult cartoon. The reason that this new trailer is touting an exclusive event and not a new episode, season, or movie is because of an ugly and still unresolved $50 million lawsuit surrounding the show. Oh. The complicated legal battle largely stems from streaming rights issues with Paramount, Dark, uh, South Park Digital Studios, and Warner Brothers, all involved in the, on, in the ongoing litigious controversies. In grossly simplified terms, South Park creating new episodes or a season or a movie could potentially violate the streaming rights deal they signed. The current workaround are these exclusive events. Wow. I didn't actually know that. I didn't actually know any of that. But, uh, I love South Park, man. Uh, they really can't miss, in my opinion. Everything they do is, like, hilarious. They, they, they somehow seem to capture this element of giving everything, like, this apocalyptic, like, real-time crisis feel where it's just, like, things in real life that would be obviously ridiculous to, like, work up into any kind of hoopla or any kind of controversy or whatever is, like, a legitimate-seeming big deal to them. Like, this shit checks out. And it's all the satire. I don't think there's a more satirical cartoon. Rick and Morty comes close. But I don't 
And I don't watch as much adult animation as I used to. I've been watching Family Guy for 20-something years. And I watch Futurama, which, you know, I really wouldn't consider that adult animation. It's, it's kind of more PG-13. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of adult animation. I don't really tend to get too hyped up on newer shit. But South South Park is, is up there with Family Guy, actually. I was definitely watching South Park before Family Guy, so. That's actually, um, I, yeah, I, I just realized that actually. That's something I should have already known, but I just realized that shit. I've been watching South Park before I've been watching Family Guy. I just watched so much more of Family Guy than I have of South Park. And Family Guy isn't as political or, they, I mean, they, they getting, they playing with it a little bit, but they're not really so much satirical as they are just like slapstick comedy, like, wordplay, sight gags, all that kind of shit. Like a lot of things that The Simpsons did, but it makes for a long running show that you can syndicate and fucking make billions off of. So I did say I was going to pull up the trailer, so we're definitely going to fucking do that. I did promise you that. So I kind of got to do it. Got to do it. Okay. A brand new exclusive event. Okay, well, you got the audio ahead of time. I told you I need an AV guy. I've been asking for an AV guy for months, and I just, it just won't fucking give me one because they is nobody. <laughs> Check this out. It's a brand new exclusive event with all your favorite South Park characters. There's Cartman. I had explosive diarrhea all night. Stan. Dude, school is going to be so awesome today. Butters. Oh, hamburgers. And oh my God, they killed Kenny. I like big boobs. How does this even make any sense? It makes perfect sense. I think the problem is you. South Park, new exclusive event, streaming October 27th, exclusively on Paramount Plus. It's on a Paramount Plus. Ex- on Paramount Plus. <laughs> exclusively on Paramount Plus. <laughs> I like how they voice all the fucking characters. They didn't even say it's gonna be uh, celebrity impersonations would be done poorly in that in that message that they put right before the show comes on. So uh, I mean, I was kind of thrown off by that shit. I hadn't actually looked at the trailer until right now, so that's the part of this that I didn't look ahead and see because you know, having moments with you is something I care about tremendously. Switch the camera angle because I I need to really convey. I'm actually look into the other camera because I need you to understand that me and you go back to camera one, me and you having moments is what I fucking live for. And I've been having too much fun smoking flour, man. I don't have any dabs. My steezy pen just ran out earlier. Might be something in it. I don't know. I'm not willing to risk it, but what I am willing to do is show you South Park trailers to poorly compensate my inability to have genuine moments with you in my lack of dance. That's my response to that. You should be fucking happy you got anything at all, you piece of shit. Let's get out of here. It's starting to become a habit. For me to um, for me to eat during segments for people I just really don't, I really don't have value. I don't value the existing. Like I really have 
if you can't have zero respect for a person, then like this is what I do. Make a real overt display. Like, like look at this plate. Look, look at what I'm about to eat. A pea just fell off. Just one pea. Like, yeah. So you're probably wondering who this person is. Well, that person is Greta Thunberg. And if you don't know who Greta Thunberg is, you're going to find out today what a long dick is. So, Greta Thunberg is a Swedish environmental activist. Uh-huh. She's also co-authored two books, No One's Too Small to Make a Difference in Our Houses on Fire, and a documentary film, I Am Greta, based on her life and mission. Her full name is Greta Tintin Eleanor Ehrman Thunberg. Obviously born in Sweden. She's 20 years old. And, um, let's see if I can, uh, get a little twofer here. We're going to go to YouTube. Let's hop over to YouTube real quick. And, um, pull up the clip that I believe made her famous. Because aside from this clip here, she's, She's just as pretty much nobody. She's nobody. She's nothing. She's pointless. And oh, see, even this isn't signed into my shit either. So this is like a neutral view of South uh, of, of YouTube. And they got the the whole South Park thing right there. So that's that's cool. But yeah, that's a uh, how dare you? How dare you, Greta Thunberg? Funny. So I don't want the funny. I just I want to actually see it. Why why can't I get the not funny? I just want to actually see it. how dare you loop? That's funny. Um Okay, so how long is that? Okay, so I think this is a bunch of extra shit. We're gonna try to telegraph and see see how that plays out. Hey, don't do this. Oh god. Why shouldn't you do this? Oh, you gotta blanket the fire. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Come to us young people for hope. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Look at that face, man. That fucking face. Ugh. Now imagine being like a world leader sitting up here getting uh, lambasted by that. Like some little fucking little girl, little teenage chick who has a chronologically limited experience of the world and the things that's happening and shit. This is who the fuck we getting accosted by. Yeah, this person. Okay. Uh-huh. One more time for the for just for You all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. Okay, now uh Let's unpack that. What what she just say? Your empty word. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. 
Ah, okay. So, something I didn't know. So, apparently, words, empty words at that, not not half full or half empty or totally full words, just just empty words have the capability to steal childhoods, segments of time, burn into the timeline of, of existence. Like, yeah, we can totally steal that. And, and the one thing that enables us to steal it are these empty words. Mm -hmm. Her childhood was stolen. Like when you, when you look back at her life, you got like birth and then it's a gap. And then it's like adolescence. So all she really remembers is like when she made this, when this, when she said this to these people who, who she obviously knows better than she, she only could remember like the last three, four years of her life. So this is why she's standing up there telling them that they have stolen her childhood with empty words. Because they, they, whoever they is, the, the people, the world leaders, they secretly, and a lot of people don't know this, this is a, a, a highly documented conspiracy theory. It's a lot on it. You can look it up nowhere. Anyway, they, uh, they, they hire empty words to go back in time. And burglarized Greta Thunberg for her childhood. Because her childhood is so valuable. You know, it's like, it's not like my childhood wasn't worth shit. Greta Thunberg's childhood was worth getting stolen by empty words, man. This shit's crazy. All right, that's enough. I'll stop. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. Yes, you are. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? You know, if I gotta suffer, you gotta suffer too. Fuck this shit. I, I can't. It's money and fairy tales. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? All these fucking cucks in the audience just applauding that shit. Just, oh, wow, that teenager said some powerful things because she knows words and junk. Yeah. Uh -huh. <sighs> For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. How dare you continue to look away and come here saying that you're doing enough when the politics and solutions needed are still nowhere in sight. You say you hear us and that you understand the urgency. But no matter how sad and angry I am, I do not want to believe that. Because if you really understood the situation and still kept on failing to act, then you would be evil and that I refuse to believe. Yeah, uh, so, so moving. Yeah, that's, that's so fucking moving, like. That is why she's famous. That, that clip is why I'm sitting here even talking about her fucking ass right now. So now that you can't say you don't know who the fuck she is, let's get to the article. 
uh, politician wants to expel Greta Thunberg. And by expel, it means put her inside a cannon and expel her into outer space and towards, you know, since she's so worried about the climate and, and, and everything and atmosphere and all that shit, go out into space where you don't have to worry about that. Look at that fucking face. <laughs> Let's read about this twerp. You know, and just go, go back to that face. Yeah, yeah. Let's, this is the twerp we're about to read about. Uh, Erland Weib- Erland Weiborg, the immigration spokesperson for Norway's Progress Party, has proposed that activists who break the law should be banned from entering Norway. It's a pretty unreasonable request. This comes after Greta Thunberg was convicted in July for not obeying the police during a protest. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me police officers gave you direct orders and you didn't obey them? How dare you? Man. Uh, yep, okay, now Venom. Wilborg argues that Norway doesn't benefit from allowing foreign demonstrators who have previously broken the law to return. Also a completely unreasonable fucking thing to say. He questions whether the Justice Ministry would use its authority to instruct the police in such matters. On a recent Friday, protesters, including Greta Thunberg, blocked the entrances to 11 ministries and were eventually removed by the police. Thunberg had been previously convicted for refusing to comply with the police during an action in Malmo a month earlier. However, lawyers for the Norwegian protesters claimed that expelling Greta Thunberg would be illegal. They argued that their Swedish clients are EU citizens and must pose a serious threat to fundamental societal values to be expelled. Okay, so uh, I could probably think of uh, uh, a serious threat to fundamental societal values that needs to be expelled. Listening to fucking teenagers about life. Okay, I'm not saying like teenagers don't have any life experience and they're complete dumbasses. That's not what I'm saying, but let's just do the fucking math here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to use my trusty calculator right quick. So how many hours are in a day? 24, okay, times 365, okay, so that's 8,760 8, hours, okay? So I'm 31 years old, 31 in like like seven months. So we'll just, we'll just round it up to 32. We know it's give or take, but we'll just round it up to 32. So 8,760 times 32. So that's 280,320 hours. So I've been alive for for almost, for for 200,000 hours I've been alive. 200,000 fucking hours. Now, let's redo all that. Forget a ton burn. So it's 24 hours in a day times 365. That's 8,760. Greta Thunberg's 20. Multiply that times 20. You get 175,200. So we're talking like hundreds of thousands of hours. Like hundreds of thousands of hours here. So just in terms of life experience, okay, that's enough of that, that accent. I was, it's no longer useful. Just in terms of, of life experience, like you, you just can't compete 
when you was up there saying that shit you were saying, people listened to you because you was a you was you spoke well and you were a fucking teenager. It's the only reason anybody gave a fuck. You were a girl passionately speaking about something that's a that's a hot topic in the world, not just in, in, in Sweden or wherever the fuck she's from, in the world. So, you know, in, in that sense, you kind of took the easy path by picking a world type. And he wrote a strongly worded poem. Like, that was a fucking poem. Like, what does that actually do? And now you out here getting arrested and shit for, like, blocking interests. What is your activism actually doing to save the planet? It, you're, the, the, the police officers that came in and removed you probably drove vehicles, which lets you tell it, harm the environment. And they would have been doing something else or or nothing at all had they not had to come handle your ass by blocking the entrance to something. And you were eventually moved. Like, what can you do against a militia, a police force? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you? You a you a you a overgrown mean. Like Greta Thunberg is not like I don't. She's not to be taken seriously. She's a girl who says some shit on a stage. Like that's what that is. She said something. It's like cold reading. It's like if you walk into a room and you say, no, I imagine everybody in the room has a strong desire to remain alive, okay? No one here wants to die in the next in the next 30 minutes, right? Everyone wants to remain alive at least till tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Now, I, I, I would also imagine people in here like wearing clothes when it's cold because it keeps them warm. Yeah, everybody in here likes to wear clothes. Yeah, that guy's not a psychic. You don't know anything. You're just making real general like soft statements to cover a wide variety of, of situations that, that would have, have affected most people that most people would have likely experienced. So like, I don't, I don't, why is she relevant? I, mean, I get why she's relevant for the purpose of this article, but like for that little speech like that, now we're going to, now we're going to start listening to kids. So what all the kid got to do is be an ace in language arts class and they can just make, they could just become influential activists who get arrested for not getting the fuck off people's properties, effectively not doing anything besides propagating the idea of climate activism, but no actual tangible results, like just just nonsense and noise making. Fuck Greta Thunberg, man. Like I <laughs> fuck her. She's twenty years old now. She's not no little delicate ass fucking kid 16 or whatever i already fuck old she was when she said that shit she's not that no more but you about to be able to purchase liquor fuck you and you're 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 nobody you are nobody you are not a celebrity you don't deserve the wikipedia for just getting arrested that from that and you a criminal what does it say uh you've been convicted for refusing to comply with police like they kill people for that shit in america <laughs> hey you fucking get killed and I saw when she got arrested, like, it was like a, a a grand display. Like, it almost was like Vogue was covering her fucking arrest. Like, it was, it was nothing to be taken serious. Like, she was all, like, being casually dealt with. She wasn't being handled like a criminal at all. It was almost like a staged crime. Like, shit didn't even seem legit. I saw that shit. So, like. Greta Thunberg is just one of the examples of 
the incompetence of our of our leaders and world leaders at that to be lending themselves and feeding into the delusions of emotionally outraged teenagers who think they understand how the world works. She hasn't offered one goddamn solution that we're fucking using today. She hasn't. All she did was say, how dare you? And I'm gonna say, this is how dare I. God damn it. Sit your little ass down. Go fucking, go get a, go get an associate's degree or something. Stop talking. Stop saying shit. Stop getting arrested. Fucking criminal derelict. You mean, you have brought you an adult me. That's all you are. That's all you're All right, what we got here? Courtesy of Scoop Upworthy. Attachment therapist shares three surprising clinical observations about Gen X parents. All right, a couple things I'm going to do here. But first of all, uh, what the fuck is an attachment therapist? So, first of all, let's see what Bing says uh, uh, Gen's, Gen X is. So we can nail that down. Gen... X. Let's pull that up for you guys. Boom. Gen X often short Generation X often short to Gen X. There's a demographic cohort following the baby boomer following the baby boomers and preceding millennials. Researchers in popular media use the mid to late 1960s as starting birth years and the late 1970s to early 1980s as ending birth years, with the generation generally being defined as people. Oh fuck. As people born from 1965 to 1984, by this definition in U.S. Census data, there are 65.2 million Gen Xers in the United States. In 2019, most members of Generation X are the children of the silent generation and Uli Boomers. Xers are often parents of the millennials and Generation Z. All right, so we figured that part out. So uh, now let's figure out what the fuck an attachment therapist is. Because I don't know and I don't want to ridicule what the fuck something i don't understand and attachment therapist attachment theory is based attachment therapy is based on attachment theory and explores how one childhood experiences might impact their ability to form meaningful bonds as adults though attachment therapy is often recommended for those who had negative childhood experiences anyone struggling to foster deep connections with others might benefit therapy so what is attachment theory Attachment theory focuses on relationships and bonds between people, including those between a parent and child and between romantic partners. It is a psychological explanation for the emotional bonds and relationships between people. All right. I think that was uh, useful to discover. So now that we know what all that shit is, because I sure the fuck didn't, I was going to say attachment therapy. Fuck is that? That's some more shit that the left is just making up nowadays, but seems to have some legitimacy behind it, so... Let's read, shall we? Attachment therapist shares three surprising clinical observations about Gen X parents. Parenting is a profound journey filled with joy, challenges, and self-discovery. As generations evolve, so do parenting approaches and behaviors. In this ever-changing landscape of parenthood, Generation X, often referred to as Gen X, occupies a unique space. Attachment therapist Steph, known as Steph Ann's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-N-E-221 on TikTok, recently shared three clinical observations about Gen X parents and their parenting styles in a video. 
these insights, shed light on the complexities of parenting in the Gen X era, and provide a valuable food for thought. Let's see if we can pull this video up. It's got a link here. Let's see if it'll take it straight to it. Cool. Awesome. Oops. I made a boo-boo. So what, it won't play? Unless okay, guys. There, there we go. Guys, the time is here. But what about Gen X parents? I am going to share three clinical observations I have about Gen X and their parenting. Like and Stop. Pause. Uh, what are we? What are we defining as clinical observations here? Like clinical observations, like field tested study, like you know, actual data and and like uh, uh, experiments. I wonder what she defines as clinical, but like let's 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 uh let's continue. Favorite so that you can use this video when you are doing self-reflections later on. All right, first clinical observation. For whatever reason, Gen X parents do not seem to seek out family therapy. Just like Point Blake, I work with a lot more boomer parents in the family therapy context than I do Gen X. I don't know why that is. I'd be super interested to hear what you guys think. Um, and I want you to know that I am super motivated and interested in working with Gen X parents, especially. Oh, sorry. Actually seeing um, how hard you are working um, in my comment sections. That has been like really enjoyable to read. Second clinical observation. Okay, before we get to the second clinical observation, um, to answer that question, why why don't Gen X parents like go to therapy and whatnot? Because uh, if I had to take a guess, is because like they didn't have. First of all, the human condition wasn't so medicalized back in that time, and it was still figuring a lot of shit out, like the things that we know now. Like, if you're looking at, you talking about people who were born in the late '60s to late early '60s to late '70s, so these people are in their fifties, pushing sixties, like they're setting their ways. Like these things, all these, all the importance of therapy and all this shit, they they. These are the people that were like alcoholics and all that type of shit. And they, they, they got through it somehow. Like some of them did it healthily. A lot of them, I, I presume, did it unhealthily. But they 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 are from an era where you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you fucking you fucking figure that shit out, man. Like, you know, all that all that talking and 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 wondering and shit. They just did it. So it's it's not. It's not far-fetched for them to be like, why do I even need therapy? Like, in my upcoming, like, you know, my parents beat, beat whoop my ass. Other parents whoop my ass. Teachers whoop my ass. Like, I was trying not to get my ass whooped. That shit got me through life. Why the fuck do I need a therapist? Now, should they address some of that repressed shit if they had a very traumatic upbringing? Certainly. But... If you're trying to get somebody in their 50s and 60s to address trauma, it's almost impossible. I would suggest if they if they don't have any framework that's, that precludes a necessity for that, or that 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 that, that, that you know that that makes that something that's necessary. Like if there's no if if therapy was not something that happened in a family. Or it was not something that they experienced in their life that they found useful. Then at this point, whatever they found useful in place of that is now the status quo. And it would be, it's like, you can't teach your old dog new tricks. That That's where that adage comes into play. So let's see what else, what's our second clinical observation. Observation, and I think this is probably going to be the hardest one to receive. So take a deep breath. 
Gen X parents seem to sometimes make themselves emotionally indistinguishable from boomers. And thanks to you guys, though, I have now played, paid closer attention to the Gen X parents that I'm working with. I don't like when they just throw words up on the screen, like when I'm trying to listen. And I got to listen to you talk and also read. Like, I recognize these folks have greater psychological flexibility, but I thought they were more open-minded boomers. You guys helped me connect the dots they were, that they we are Gen X parents. Like... More open-minded boomers, like, okay, so I just need to read that because I can't, I don't really want to have to decide whether I'm going to listen to you talk or read what's on the screen. I don't think that's a fair deal you give me. Thanks to you guys, though, I have now played, paid closer attention to the Gen X parents that I'm working with, and I can see that there is a difference between Gen X parents and boomers. I can see that Gen X parents are really pushing themselves to receive more from their children and to be more emotionally vulnerable to their children. And the way that I see it is through an individual therapy lens, meaning like I process things with their children, and then I say like, hey, you need to bring this to your parent, and this is you know going to enhance vulnerability and your connection to your parent, which you want, right? And so that's like their homework and they take it to their parents and how their kids come back to me is how I hear their parents are processing it and I can hear that they're really trying like and that it's really really hard at the same time I can still hear that wall in terms of vulnerability like they're allowing that open-heartedness go up into a point my hunch is that wall that I'm coming up against is coming from that Gen X's parents own attachment history and their own attachment pain with their parent. So I do recommend that, you know, if any Gen X parents are looking, you know, listening to this TikTok and, and looking to grow, that you begin to reflect on your own relationship and unmet needs, potential unmet needs with your own parents so that you can do that inner healing to be more emotionally accessible and have that caregiving um, accessibility for your children. I do want to give you guys some well-earned praise though and that leads me to the third clinical okay so clinical observation number two if, if that's what we're calling this um what was I gonna say okay so if we're talking about people born in the late early 60s to late 70s like so you're talking about their kids as in adults like let's let's run that back. Like let's let's get the audio. Observation on. are really pushing themselves to receive more from their children and to be more emotionally vulnerable to their children. Really pushing themselves to receive more from their children and to be more emotionally vulnerable to their children. Okay, so to be more emotionally vulnerable to their children, and on the screen it says receive more equals being open to hear more of their ch children's emotional needs and vulnerability without immediately shutting them down. So if, if these are Gen X people, like these people's children should be adults. Even if they wait until they're 40, their children like are pushing 20. Now. So wh what are she talking about Gen X parents that are like the parents of like small children or adolescents? You mean tell me all these people are like 50, 60 year old, like new moms and dads, like, or like, like, I, I'm curious about that part. Like how, how old if we talking about Gen X here, how old? Like what? And 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 when it comes to emotional needs and vulnerability, like even with my mom, like my mom's in her sixties, and I don't even like the time for emotional needs and vulnerability has long since gone. Like I would like to have a relationship with my mom, but I don't like you can't mom me now. It's too late for that. I'm a grown ass man. I'm a thirty year old man. 
How the fuck are you gonna mom me? Are you supposed to mom me when I was a boy? I'm a man now. It's too late for the mom role. So it's got me wondering, like, what the fuck kind of parent-child dynamic age-wise is she talking about that that where this has some credence? Like, it's just is is heavily puzzling. Accessible and have that caregiving. Um, accessibility for your children. I do want to give you guys some well-earned praise though, and that leads me to the third clinical observation, is that y'all are crushing it in the couples therapy arena. By far and large, most folks in my practice and in my um, colleagues' practices who enter couples therapy are um, Gen Xers. Gen X out of all the generations who I've done couples therapy with, which has been from Gen Z to Boomer, um, Gen X seems the most committed to the couples therapy process. I am genuinely proud of you guys for that. Like I see you showing up and doing the hard work in the couples therapy arena, which gives me confidence. You can do the same hard work in the family therapy arena. I hope my content can be supportive of you, um, working on your own attachment healing and attachment injuries. Um, and I'd love to hear from you in the comment section about what you thought about this feedback. Um, I, We'll see if I make like a, a whole video about your own feedback, but, um, all right, that's enough of you. Um, okay. So that, that wasn't really, you know, I, I don't, I don't think videos like this are like, she's not harmful, but I don't see how it's helpful. And I don't, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like they show up in the couples therapy arena. Yeah. Because they're probably getting older and realizing that. Bouncing back from relationships isn't something you're going to be able to do in modern times as a 50, 60 year old person. Like it's not like life is a lot. You know, you on the back nine at that point and trying to make lasting relationship as a borderline senior citizen is too late. Uh, you need to have those things established and in place by the so it, it, uh, it I, whilst I guess some of the shit she said is obvious, I think it's rather incoherent. I don't think they're striking observations like the like the text here uh, suggests. I work with a lot of more boomer parents in the family therapy than I do Gen X. I don't know why this is like. I think. I, I mean, I understand that she, this is condensed for the sake of conversation, but I don't think identity type labeling and all of that shit in the therapy realm is useful. Like, it, it, like it's even when just reporting what, what your findings, like this needs to be like a case by case type thing. And yeah, all these cases might have some relevant details, but I think they all different as well in terms of like how people work through their issues and I'm just really skeptical about this whole thing with they working with their children and shit like it just like what the clinical observation based on what like I feel like if you're going to be tossing the word clinical observation around you need to have some data like I'm scrolling through this shit like all the only data I see here is fucking TikTok videos man that that realm and people commenting like this is not clinical What's clinical about social media? What's clinical about TikTok? Like I did. 
in headlines like this, this three surprising clinical observations about Gen X parents. Like nothing she said was really surprising, profound, like unknown. Like it's like okay, so you saw some shit that we all could have kind of put together. We just sat around and thought about it. Oh man, I, it's just shit like this where I see all these authorities popping up on TikTok. Anybody with a fucking cell phone is suddenly a scholar in in in, in regards to just life in general. How the fuck does that work? I really, really would like to. Know. The creme de la creme right here, courtesy of CNN. Will Smith responds to Jada Pinkett Smith's worthy while she says they are in a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we got a little video here that they put in the shit. I'm going to play it. And, um, I've only got a limited amount of barf bags. So you guys are going to have to try to contain that shit somehow. Cause I'm not cleaning a bunch of vomit off the floor, but you're going to vomit when you see this shit. Here we go. I made a promise that there will never be a reason for us to get a divorce. We will work through whatever. And I just haven't been able to break that promise. But you still live separately. We live separately. Jada Pinkett Smith tells Today's Show host Hoda Copy that she and husband Will Smith have been living separate lives since 2016. So from the year 2016, which is seven years ago now. <laughs> yes. Y'all have been apart. Yeah. The couple have been married since 1997, but have had some public rocky moments in their relationship. In 2020, the couple discussed some of their marital struggles during an episode of Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk series. You and I were going through a very difficult time. Yeah. And we decided... I was done with your you, ass. Yeah, you kicked me to I the curb. I was done with you. Yeah. <laughs> Marriages have that, though. Marriages have that. Yeah, we basically, Mm -hmm. we broke up. In that conversation, Jada admitted they had broken up four years prior due to her relationship with singer August Alsina. Why did the relationship fracture? Oh, why it fractured? That's a lot of things. Yeah. And I think by the time we got to 2016, we were just exhausted with trying. Their relationship made headlines amidst another controversy at the 2022 Academy Awards after Smith stormed the stage to slap Chris Rock because of a joke Rock made about Pinkett Smith being bald. I feel like you're a straight talker. I am. Except you're not sometimes. Yeah. So why do that? Like, what was the reason? I think just not being ready yet. Mm. I made a promise that there was... Yeah, you probably made a lot of promises. We're, we're done listening to you, uh, Jada Pinkett. Uh, so, needless to say, Jada, Jada Pinkett's a witch. She's a horrible, awful, disgusting human being. She's an outright bitch. Uh, any woman that would parade her husband around in the national spotlight and, like, ridicule this nigga, like, emasculate this nigga... That shit is 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 painful to watch. This oh, I mean, she looks good for her age, I guess, but it's hard to find any beauty, knowing what kind of sick, evil, twisted, sinister being that is. 
to just do it all with it just so calmly. Like, just so, just, oh, well, you know, it was just, uh, you know, we were done. And, uh, you know, we, we were just, it's a, like, this is what women do. They use this euphemistic language to bury, to bury their sins. She just talk about it like, like it's just replacing a bedspread or some shit. Like, well, you know, we're just after 2016, you know, just the old bedspread had to go. The new bedspread had to come in. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck, man? This bitch is just. This is unadulterated fucking evil, man. Like, she just, a, I don't see anybody, like, in Jada Smith's corner. Who's telling her to do this? Like, who, what kind of good feedback is she getting from this? Like, this is awful. Let's read this article. Will Small, Will Small, I mean, Will Pinkett has shared his thoughts on Jada Pinkett's uh, new memoir. The pair have been the subject of multiple headlines since... Pinkett revealed last week that the pair have been separated since 2016. It's just one of the revelations in her new memoir, Worthy. Ooh, Worthy. The New York Times reported over the weekend that Smith emailed the publication in response to her book. When you've been with someone for more than half of your life, he wrote, a sort of emotional blindness sets in, and you can all too easily lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and subtle beauties. What? When you've been some with someone for more than half your life, a sort of emotional blindness sets in, and you can all too easily lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and subtle beauties. On Talk Shop Live over the weekend, Pika Smith appeared with her mother, Adrian Banfield Norris, and talked about her book. Norris says she wanted to clean up some of the vitriol aimed at her daughter. I just wanted to say, when you guys decided to separate, that was a decision that both of you made. You're both separated. You did not cheat on Will. Uh, okay, uh, Pinkett Smith, oh no, excuse me, Pinkett, I'm not, I'm not, Will Smith doesn't deserve to have his last name tacked onto somebody else's, and she doesn't deserve to still be carrying it, she's Jada Pinkett, uh, and her husband had appeared together on an episode of her Red Table Talk in July 2020, where she confirmed she had a relationship with singer August Alcina during a rough patch in their marriage, Pinkett confirmed what her mother said, I just need people to know, okay, I did not cheat on Will Smith. No matter how sad he looked at that table. Anybody believe that? Any Is any human being who is aware of this situation and how it's played out over the years believe that? Anybody believe that? So you're going to sit here and tell me that you didn't cheat on Will Smith. You actually talked about it to his face on a recorded interview and, and and described it as a fucking entanglement, you bitch, you filthy, rotten harlot. Like, damn, your ass is rotten to the core. You're just going to bury all your sins under language, huh? Under, I didn't cheat on him no matter. I, I didn't cheat. Nah, you had an entanglement. Is that how you convince yourself that you didn't do anything wrong? 
and then you got the nerve to get mad at Chris Rocks for making jokes about your bald head ass. That's if that's all you got, you got off easy. Okay, what what more horse shit do we got here? Pinkett Smith, I keep doing it because that's the text. Pinkett says she is now in a place of peace. I'm in a place of happiness. As far as Will, my relationship with him, you know, we went through that long period of separation in order for us to journey separately and do some journeying together. We went through that long period of separation in order for us to journey separately and do some journeying together. Okay. And it just seems as though we've come to a really, really beautiful place together. All right. So they're both delusional to think to, I think they might be caught in some kind of loop where they've just been bullshitting for so long, they just, they bullshit reflexively, instinctively. Like, it's not even, they don't even register that they're not, what they're saying is not true. They're just like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, fucking, yeah, man. I mean, we, the thing, couldn't, we couldn't be in a more better better place, man. You know, she fucking told everyone I had a little dick, and like, she, she got me, I slapped Chris Rock for a woman I wasn't with. But, you know, she's got so many subtle nuances and beauties. You know, they're so, they're so subtle. Like if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. If you blink, you'll miss it. That's how subtle it is. Uh, yeah. During Pinkett's appearance on the On Purpose with Jay Shetty, which debuted Monday, Shetty read a letter he said was from uh Will Pinkett. I applaud and honor you. If I had read this book 30 years ago, I definitely would have hugged you more. I'll start now. Welcome to the Office Club. I love you endlessly. Now go get some Merlot and take a rest. Pinkett laughs, saying, he knows I can't have no Merlot. That's beautiful. That's why I can't divorce that joker. Think, am I having a stroke? Like, is it, this is like, this is like some weird hypnotist shit. Like, this nigga might have hypnotized himself. He might have had little, little pendulous dangling stopwatch in front of him. Now, this nigga just, you are so beautiful. You are, you are, you are just so beautiful. You know, look at you. Look at you. Yeah, you're so hot. You're so fucking hot. I love it. It's weird, dog. Like, this is like some hypnotist voodoo shtick. Like some type of weird shit, man. This ain't real. And making her original revel- uh, revelation that uh, she and Will Pinkett had split, Pinkett told NBC's Hoda Kotb. That re- they are still legally married. She says she made a promise that there would never be a reason for her and Will Pinkett to divorce. And I just haven't been able to break that promise. Yeah, it sounds like breaking promises, not breaking promises. It's not, it's, yeah, you're really good at not breaking promises. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're, 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 you, when you, when you make a promise, we can rest assured that you're going to stick to it. 11 months out of the year. The only month you won't stick to it is August. Um, and making her original, oh yeah, no, read it already. Smith posted, no, Will Pinkett posted on his verified Instagram account over the weekend showing him 
laying down on a boat while a voiceover can be heard saying, Fun fact about me, I can take a nap almost anywhere as notification bells chime. The caption reads, Notifications off. Jada Pinkett responded in the comments with laughing emojis. So yeah, this is that denial shit. This is when he sit here and act like none of this is happening. Like, oh, oh, you know, no, no shit. She, she cheat on me. She didn't cheat on me. She just had sex with another man who she's not married to. That's not cheating. Hey, look, sometimes, I mean, when, when dick comes, you got to take it or leave it. You know, not, you can't be mad at her for leave, not, not want to leave some dick on the table. Hell, I don't even leave my dick on the table. So I, 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 let me tell you, there was one time I went to work and I left my dick on the kitchen counter. Would you believe that? I got to work and I went to take a piss and Bill was in there and I'm like, Bill, you'll, ne- you'll never guess this. I-, I left my dick at home. He's like, huh? My wife just, my wife took my dick from me. She forgot to pack my dick in my briefcase just a month ago. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Uh-huh. You fucking simp, you bitch. Will Pinkett is a bitch, which is why I would not call him Will Fresh Prince. That, that Will is dead. This nigga sitting up here smiling about being reduced to rubble. Your ass is particulate matter. You two are acting like nothing has happened. And Jada Pinkett is profiting off the, the emasculation of you. And that's why neither of you deserve respect. Both of you are horrible for each other. You probably fucking deserve each other. Both of you are downright horrible for one another. Jada Pinkett is horrible for anybody. I don't know, maybe that alopecia soaked into her brain and like now she got like CTE or some shit. Like that ain't how no fucking white folks to be. Hey, talking about you left you got all these definitions and all this equivocation. Oh well, I left him in 2016. And when I say left, I don't mean left isn't gone anywhere. I mean left isn't stepped out. You know, sometimes you just step out. You're coming back, but you stepped out. Like you gotta leave in order to come back. If you don't leave, how can you come back? Because you gotta actually travel to a different destination in order to return to that destination because you can't return where you already are. So I was just stepping out, and when I stepped out, I accidentally tripped and fell on some dick, and I was like, now how did I fall on this dick? Like, you, you're just talking about it, like, it's like, it's just a every, like, it's like painting a room in your house or something, or, or you know, like, catching a bus, or fucking cooking dinner, like, you're just trying to gloss it over. Like, it's nothing. That man is destroyed. That That is a destroyed man. That nigga... Fuck erectile dysfunction. That nigga got existential dysfunction. That nigga's been destroyed by Jada Pinkett. And I know the feeling of like inviting this person into your life, and then when they finally go, even though they're, I guess they're not really gone, but like when they finally go, you feel like a physical trauma. Like you feel like you just like jumped in front of a bus or something. But the bus didn't like like. But you was managed to hug it. And you just, ooh, you just took the impact. Like, you feel like that impact finally, it's like now the bus is reversing and taking the impact with it. Like, you feel physically malaise after fucking going through that shit when it's finally over. It's almost like a bomb that's exploded. And you can see all the strapping on everywhere, but the explosion is still occurring. Like, the explosion lasts longer than the device it was contained in. Are you just sitting in the aftermath of an explosion that's already happened and you just waiting for the residual aftermath of that explosion to finally subside? So I would I would never I if this shit is gonna get burnt down, if this relationship is gonna end in flames, I'm going to be the arsonist. 
that's my philosophy. It's just like in poker, man. Like I would in in uh, in ten situations out of four, I want to be the guy betting and raising. I don't want to be the guy the guy that's checking and calling. I don't give a fuck whether I got the best hand, whether I don't have the best hand, if I bet into the nuts, whatever. I need to be the nigga running the show. I need to be telling the story, and you need to be telling me whether you believe it or not. Not you telling me the story, and then I react. Like, I don't want to be the reactor. Bitch, you got to go. And if you say my dick little, I will, I will, I will put your, I will leak your news all over there. We can make it nasty. Fuck it. I'll stoop down to your level to let you know that your level ain't somewhere you want to be with me, bitch. That's for real. In conclusion, Jada Pickett is 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 a, is a demon spawn sent from the bowels of hell to inflict her terror and horror vicariously through Will Pickett onto the rest of us. If you ever confused about what a good marriage look like, simply do the opposite of what these people do, because their marriage is a is a, is a sham. The foundation has long since been destroyed. Their children are are. I think Jaden Smith finally getting back on track from walking around looking like a a, 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 a a depressed piece of corn. Like that motherfucker look like dehydrated fruit. Like now he actually look like a, a, a young man. At least it's some pictures I've seen. Maybe it was him, maybe it was that. Don't know. Don't give a fuck. All I know is if I was to see Jada Pinkett, Jada Pinkett, if Jada Pinkett sat in an Uber before I got in it, I would literally go to a plastic surgeon to have him put a new ass on my body. That's that's how I feel about that. She can fucking disappear for all I care. Forever. That's the show. Thanks for watching. We on Rumble. We on Spotify. Until next time, I'll holler, man. Y'all have a good one.